This is firefighter Raphael Poirier for Firehouse Subs. Introducing the new spicy Cajun chicken sub, Cajun seasoned grilled chicken breast, zesty cherry peppers, and house-made Cajun mayo. Just $5.55 for a medium. Remember, a portion of every sub you buy helps provide life-saving equipment for first responders. Firehouse Subs. Enjoy more subs. Save more lives. Limited time only, plus tax. Participating locations. Firehouse Subs would donate a minimum of $1 million in 2019 to the Firehouse Subs Public Safety Foundation by donating 0.11% of every purchase. This is Neil Hamburger. Hey, uh, I I don't know if you podcast people even watch the news, but uh, it's a real catastrophe right now in the Philippines. They had a horrible typhoon, and it's, it's just a goddamn mess. Those folks need assistance. So Tim Heidecker and myself put together a little six-minute track, an exclusive MP3 titled Taco Bell Apple Tree, which Tim and I will send out to anyone who donates $10 or more to one of the many legit organizations offering relief down there. Go to feralaudio.com for all the details on how you can help. From New York City, it's the Todd Berry Podcast. All right, welcome to the Todd Berry Podcast. It's uh, sort of cold out, but that's irrelevant to you. But I won't delete this because I like to start with something really spontaneous by telling you it's cold out. Other podcasts wouldn't do that. Maybe they would. I'm here with uh, Christian Finnegan, everyone. Hey, what's up, dude? <laughs> what's up, dude? So spontaneous, that's your first rule? Yeah, spontaneous. Not funny, spontaneous? Yeah, it's... unprepared, spontaneous. <laughs> Bad. <laughs> I'll be good. I should use that as my slogan. Todd Barry, unprepared, spontaneous, bad. Just, it's implied. Just to get the curiosity going. Um, you just got back from Philadelphia, huh? I don't want to brag. Yeah. No, I, I actually like Philly. I, I feel like you go to Philadelphia it. a lot, don't you? You know, it's funny. I hadn't been there for over two years oh, really? until this reason. But it used to, I mean, theoretically, it's in my circuit. Yeah. I mean, I don't, I don't know how you do things, but I always wrestle with that. Is it better to play more clubs in more infrequently or like hit the same places? Uh, I always have the thing where you're like, you just imagine the entire same group of people coming back the second time. Oh, is, and you think so like it, so if I repeat if I don't have a brand new oh I see what you're saying yeah, but yeah. that it almost you know I think you only get like I don't know I don't get like the same people coming back literally the same people maybe but I you, do I mean you'd like to it's always nice I yeah mean, I always get that like oh we saw when you last time you were here and immediately you start toggling how much of right. the same material you did but um, I find that some people don't care but then there's you know well I found that most care. people don't remember you oh, know that's it's like, good. I think that comedians especially at clubs i think at all you know in theaters and stuff it's different but at like comedy clubs a lot of people you know you think like oh my god they've gonna hurt all these bits before they laughed at them they were kind of drunk they had a good yeah. time yeah. you know they don't remember them i'll hear george carlin bits off class clown which is an album that i loved uh-huh. and i don't remember them you know now i still laugh at them yeah and also sometimes you want to hear the same stuff that's how i rationalize it <laughs> Hey, I don't want to write new stuff. They're not burnt on the uh, the old stuff yet. I think if you're kind of more known for your performance, there's some truth to that. Like, you, do you, you know what I mean? I think if you're like a physical comic, there's probably more appeal in seeing somebody do the same jokes over and over again because there's a pratfall is a pratfall or whatever. But I think if, if your whole point is to kind of like, quote unquote, say something, once they've heard that thing you have to say, it's, it's hard to kind of get that reaction again. That's why I'm glad I don't say anything. <laughs> 
I don't know. You say lots. I don't dig too deep as one reviewer once said to me. Don't <laughs> dig too deep. <laughs> no, but, but I think it that, you know, once, it's, once the cat's out of the bag and the world knows what you think of lemongrass yeah. deodorant or whatever, it's not going to come as shock to them when they find the big reveal that you're not a fan. <laughs> <laughs> I, think that, I think that was a compliment. No, it was. Yeah, I'm just no. saying, when I'm, I say, say something, I don't mean like say something important. I'm just saying, if you are, if part of your material is expressing an opinion about yeah. anything, once they know what the opinion is, that's going to mitigate how much they enjoy future tellings of the joke. Right. Can I dissect this a little more? I oh, know. This is already people like, wow, this is one of those comedy conversations. <laughs> These guys are writing a dissertation. <laughs> did you, uh, how many shows did you do there? Five? Uh, six, I think. Six. It's a Wednesday to Saturday kind of deal. Helium, one, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's a good club. It's one of my favorites, I'd say. The one in Portland is really good. I've only been there once, but I hear it's... Uh, I, don't, I don't have the... Uh, the Necessarily the seal of approval. Like, there's very few East Coast comedians I think they bother bringing all the way out to Portland. Yeah. Just because L.A. is right there. Why would That's you? That's true, yeah. But I did it once, like, a month after it opened, but yeah. That's a nice one. Mm-hmm. Do you um, and you did your special in Philadelphia, right? I did my last one in Philly. Um, I have another one coming out in April. Where'd you record that? One? Uh, Boston, Boston, Boston. Oh, at the Wilbur? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I Which, did a little show there. Yeah, it's a great space for. Uh, it's like a big nightclub and a theater combined. It seems. Yeah, it, it's much smaller than it reads on screen. Which I maybe know. I shouldn't let the cat out of the bag. There's four people showed up. <laughs> no, <laughs> it's ways of making it look like a thousand people. It's a beautiful theater, but it's not one of those. You know, it, it's it's carved up so it feels very intimate. Right. I think. Are you going to do this? Is this for Comedy Central or is this is one of those? No, it's a Netflix. Uh, Net New Wave. Oh, right to Netflix. Yeah, yeah. Uh, which you know, it's honestly when I don't. know, This is I realize this is incredibly like sort of inside baseball, so I may not. I don't. So is this whole podcast. Okay. Well, you, you let me know when I start to say things that no one is. Yeah, I'll get really. I'll say, hey, universal it up a little bit. <laughs> Universalize it. That's that would be a good uh, tag for your. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's more like a Brody Stevens sort of quote. Um, what was I saying? About Netflix. Oh yeah yeah yeah. That you know uh, when we taped the special, I kind of just wanted to say like, hey, can we just put it on Netflix? It kind of seems to be where things are headed anyway. But I feel like everyone wasted a lot of time. Like, well, let's, no, we got to bring it to HBO, and HBO has no, no, it's not going. Can't we just eliminate these six months of being rejected and just go straight to Netflix? Yeah, I don't think HBO. They don't. <laughs> I mean, Comedy Central will or, buy or whatever, special, or even but. Comedy Central. But you know, but uh, honestly, I kind of wanted to go. I'd rather more people see it than. And make an extra two hundred bucks at the end of the day, uh-huh. but yeah, but yes, the the one before that was in Philly. That to answer that question finally. So, but the thing is, a lot of people watch those. I looked at I've looked at some of the reviews on Netflix specials, which I just discovered the reviews. <laughs> oh, and uh, it also shows how many people reviewed it. Some of these specials are like fifty thousand people rated it, or exactly. at least rated it. That's a ton of people. That's, that's, yeah, absolutely. So, have you checked your... Well, it's not out yet. No, it's not out yet. When's it so, coming? Um, April 15th, I just found out the date. Are they going to have a premiere for it or anything? No, I mean, I don't think I'm going to have uh, subway posters like Aziz. But, uh... <laughs> he did have a premiere for it, but it was a... Was really well, yeah, well, I, yeah, I would I say that his... Uh, red carpet, he was amazing. <laughs> <laughs> but, it uh, makes complete the sense that they would have a premiere for that. Yeah, but the thing is about a premiere, it's like... 
it's kind of expensive. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, I mean, you know, but, is it worth having a hundred and fifty thousand dollar party to promote this? Yeah, I mean, I guess the idea is that they want to prove like we are in business with import with the people who are on the you know in the zeitgeist right now. Do you know yeah. what I mean? Like they're trying to promote themselves as we're the place for comedy now. You know. I think that is becoming the place, though. Just I think they, I think it is too. they sort of reinvented TV. It's all going to be the same. I'm TV. not just saying that so they'll give me a free account, <laughs> saving me a sweet niner a month. <laughs> That's all I want to do when I, you know, see you meet someone who's on like one of their ships. Kevin Space, I got to ask you: free account, <laughs> free Netflix account. <laughs> Okay, that's all I want. That's the only question I had for you. Do you watch House of Cards? I did. I, I did, like that. Yeah. I did too. Yeah, it gets you know it's a little a little pulpy, but uh, you know, but yeah, it's good. I, I like anything politics e to a degree. That's cool. What? Um, so did you take the train to Philly? I did Amtrak, or did yeah. you do that? No, I had an indie train service that I use. There is an indie people don't. There know. is the indie route where you take met, what is it, Metro North? To, no, you, no take, you take New Jersey uh, Transit. Septa, New Jersey Transit, yeah. Is that, is, that, is that the indie rock version? Of, I would think, uh, like, if, if you were gonna, so I'll call something indie rock version. It would be the, taking two completely different train companies for three times the minutes to get there. But it, it is quite cheap. But, yeah, Amtrak's the way to go. You're in their guest <laughs> rewards program? I, I am. I am. I, I, That's like the one I always forget about. And then I go, oh, look at that. How many times a year do you use the train, though? I have a car now, which is... Uh, you do? Yeah, I bought a car a couple years ago. So uh, that has cut into my Amtrakage. Why don't um it's still easier to take a train down there than to drive, right? Well, it depends. Depends what you're going. Oh, if I'm going to like a club for the weekend, absolutely. But you know, my dad lives in Boston, so it's like if I'm going to Boston, I used to take the train up there all the time. It's a lot of train talk. I know. This is a this is a train. This is my train theme show. It was more to talk about the guest rewards program, and because I always talk about frequent flyer miles. Is on this show. one of those like under the rug sponsoring kind of things? No, no, no. I don't have any sponsors on this show, I, dude. This is truly an indie Fugazi show. <laughs> you you, you will never have to pay more than five dollars for this podcast. Yeah, this podcast is a freebie. Only the live podcasts. To go to them, do you charge? Do I charge? No, in L.A., I, I, I do a podcast. I know you do. Yeah, it's very exciting. No, when I was in L.A. over the summer, I rented uh, studio space at Earwolf so I could record a couple episodes there. And, you know, I got to say, man, they've they've got the setup. You know what I mean? Like, they own podcasting, that, mm-hmm. that scene. Like, they have, you know, quote-unquote monetized it. I mean, to the extent that it, I find it kind of cheesy, but I have to take credit. They've found a way to make podcasting a viable business thing. You know, whereas I feel yeah. like over here in New York, it's like we're all kind of... We were just sort of coming around at the idea of like, oh, I guess we should probably take this seriously. Yeah, it's one of those things that probably it starts out like it's sort of some, some something that people are doing. That's not a big deal, and then, then it just becomes. Oh yeah, yeah. Like L.A. The L.A. in podcasting is like Seattle in grunge. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like it's just where things are. Um, this is going into the red. I wonder if that means it's too that I'm too loud. I don't know. I guess it's because I'm like a foot away from the microphone. I feel like I have to shout, but I don't. Yeah. I guess I don't. Yeah. Well, hopefully. Does it go less into the red? If hopefully, I talk it like didn't this? distort. Yeah, it did. 
I don't know how to adjust it. That's the thing. I have this, oh, well. It's set it and forget it. Maybe it'll be a cool, like, fuzz box thing we got going. No, I think it's going to sound like I'm shouting, so I apologize. <laughs> oh, no, no, no. I, I Believe me. As you can see, you were just talking about great setups. I have the one mic between us. Well, and I, I think it was I leaned on into the counter. I wanted to really get intense. No, and, and it, it could be a thing where it's not even an issue, and I'm now killing the momentum we've got. <laughs> But that, my, luckily, that's what I do at every show I do, and then bring it back up. You're the most, uh, y- your degree of confidence in your hole digging is something I've always... Really? Uh, yeah. It, in I don't take a lot that, of holes, though. No, 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 no. But what, hole digging is not the right word, but I mean, <laughs> you will follow a thread and sort of see where it goes. You will like go out on the thin branch, like crowd work-wise, uh-huh. more than most comics I've seen, where you will kind of follow something for a long time to see if it yields something funny. Like, I tend to get... If I go into the crowd and do any sort of crowd work you think, if it doesn't work immediately, I'm always like, back to material, sorry, didn't yeah. mean to do that. Um... Sometimes, yeah, sometimes that's a good thing. Sometimes that's a just, you're wasting our time thing. <laughs> but that's that fine line between, it is, hey, there I, is a fine line. let me be an artist, and oh, I forgot you paid money to get here. <laughs> I forgot there were tickets. You, oh, you bought tickets for this. I'm sorry. But I, uh, I don't even think I do enough of that, honestly. Well, maybe. I mean, I, I can't say. Not necessarily I mean, crowd work-wise, but just like uh, stretching a bit out. I have been trying to, to get back into that. I'm in this weird, you know, you know how it is when you recorded something and it hasn't come out. And so it's almost, you don't even really know at what rate you should be writing new material because it, there's really no place to put it mm-hmm. yet. And so I'm just kind of writing a lot of material, but it's all kind of half written and stuff like that. But I'm trying my best to write more on stage, which is something I never had That's done. weird because I'm trying to do the other thing the opposite oh, I yeah. feel like all I ever did was write on stage for the most part for the past many years and then I was like because I'd be like oh it's I write on stage it sounds cool to say I write on stage but then I was like well if I sit down and mull over one of these topics yeah alone, no, it's, not on stage something most people who say they write on stage are really saying I'm lazy and can't be bothered to do anything that resembles I work. mean I think there are some comics who do write on stage and you know Louie writes on stage yeah I mean maybe not writing on stage is yeah, not the right word but just push taking it further you know yeah. like I am rather than just kind of do my one punchline and just bail I'm going to try to see how long I can spin this plate you know? I sort of wish there was a way you could do it like hire not a coach but a director or, a, or maybe a coach is a better term we just kind of like they go, all right, try it again, try it again, try something like a trainer. That's what it was. <laughs> I'm talking about that comedy boot camp that was advertised Dude, in L.A. I think, uh, <laughs> I'm not going to start yeah, saying names, people who sound like they could have done something like that. Um, but you know what I mean? Because sometimes it's like, oh, man, i got to do ten shows to maybe make one line work. Yeah, you're right. And it might even be longer. It might be ten months of shows. And, you know, you record them, but I don't know. I don't really listen to them often enough. It's like I record them on the off chance. I'm so proud of myself if I record it. If you remember to hit record. Yeah, like, oh, yeah, I got that thing. (laughs) I can't do it right with my phone now. But I wish, yeah, I know there are some people who are just really good at treating it like a a day job. Yeah. I I mean, that's, I mean, I think that 
if you are a business person, you kind of have, if you have like a really boring job, like you're an accountant or whatever, you kind of almost have to find an art in it somewhere to make it kind of a game or make it artistic. And I think if you're in a kind of a vague manby-pamby world like comedy or something art, artsy, you kind of almost have to make a business out. You have to put a structure on it because otherwise you're just... Yeah. Playing Skyrim at two thirty in the afternoon on a Wednesday. I uh, see. I don't even know what Skyrim is, but I assume it's some sort of video game. Yes, it is. Did you see the movie Indie Gamer? I haven't yet, but it's in my Netflix queue. There it comes back to Netflix. I saw it. It's pretty good. Yeah, it's a whole world that I don't have anything. I don't know anything. Although I have, did discover a great bowling app for my phone. Oh, there the you PBA go. bowling app. <laughs> it's uh, it's amazing. The, you can like when you get a split, you can split the ball in two. They oh, have wow. a special ball. That is, you know, just like real bowling, where you can split the ball into <laughs> the laws of physics. There's one ball that's like a bomb. Oh, I don't. Another sounds like another product placement. So we're. Um, so what did you do all day? Did you have to do a lot of press in Philadelphia? I did some. I did one of those. Uh, it's called Camp Out for Hunger, where they do those sort of live remotes, where they have like a live band and there's uh-huh. food and local restaurants will serve food and stuff. But uh, yeah, it was actually good. It was Preston and Steve, and they're actually one of my favorite radio shows to do they're not corny but they're also not like hipster right to school you know they, they do a radio show it's it's like do they kinda, do you have to do bits or can you just you can just talk oh, you can just like, see that's the way i like to do it well sometimes when i'm really tired and oh, sometimes like just bit? do bits no if they're just like oh they just want they want material sometimes if it's like 6 45 in the morning I'm like all right i'm just gonna go into muscle memory and do five minutes of bits and i'm gonna go back and go to sleep sometimes i don't mind that but no but preston steve is much more like a hangout for an hour chat i like that because then you just you know you wait for your moment and then yeah i do wonder though whether it's helpful in terms of getting people to come out uh you know i've I've heard things but then i just feel like yeah there's times i have someone people go yeah i heard you on the radio this morning but you're like well how many of them are there like yeah like that's why i always i hate when they'll bring me around to like a conservative talk radio station or a country station and i don't have any problem talking to a conservative talk radio station like i'll yeah. to it sure but I know that it's completely fruitless in terms of the show you know it's like that even if people come anybody who hears me in the local new country radio station is someone who I, I don't know that they would enjoy what I do so I feel like I'm it's fraudulent and I don't want them there Right, and also if it's awkward, then it's like, uh, is that publicity for you? Like, yeah, exactly. Hey, I heard about your club. Yeah, I heard a guy on the radio. He said he's going to be your club. But yeah, he was bad. So that makes <laughs> now I think bad things about your club. But it's good that you made him call into the to the sports station. But then again, I've done sports stations where the guy's like a fan, and you're like, well, oh, that's wow. what it is. If then you you're get like, the oh, feeling... we're not talking about sports. Good, because I don't, I can't talk about sports. But yeah, if you get the feeling that they have some indication of who the heck you are, and or do a little research, just right? a little, just one perfunctory Google search. Yeah, I've never been like. Page. I remember I did a radio show with and Thea Vidal. You know her? Mm. She came in. Uh, like I was part of the first part. I think it's maybe in Austin, and then she just comes in and she's just steamrolls. Like she's comes in, boom, 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 boom. yeah. Like I was like, wow, it, that's the way you do radio. Yeah, just take over. It really, but it also, it really that's is. not the way I'm going to do radio. So, well, it's not the business you wanted to get into. Do you know? I can look at that now and not feel indicted by that, and just be like, oh, you're successful in ways that I'm never going to be because you're willing to be a person that I'm not willing to be. Right. You know, yeah, I just get. I just feel like I go to the radio station. I go, oh, I'm just talking to someone, which it gets me out of like 
performer mode. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. So six shows. How many? How many kills in those six? <laughs> uh, I would say. Be perfectly frank. The shows where you come off stage, a comedian's, a humble comedian's version of saying he killed is they were fun. Yeah. Uh, and I would say there were probably three shows where I said they were fun and three shows where I felt like it was good. None of the shows were bad. The audiences are great. I've done Philly a ton, you know. And then the other three were shows where it was like I felt like either, oh, it's Friday late show, they felt a little tired, or I wasn't totally on my game or whatever. Yeah. But... But yeah, that's one of those cities where I know every show is going to be good and entertaining, and I'm not going to hate myself. I went to a club in a. Uh, I'm not going to reveal where it was, but it doesn't matter. It was in Ohio. <coughs> Excuse me. And um, the booker there, the report he gave back to like my manager was like, "Oh, Todd had like seven out of nine good shows." Which was like, is that an insult? Like, yeah, yeah. Because someone pointed out, you... like, if you were a baseball player, you'd be like the greatest baseball player in the world. If, <laughs> like, yeah, if what, you what turned that into mentioned? an average, that's like, that's like batting like eight hundred or something. That is impressive. Seven but, out of nine. Uh, but it was just such a weird, like, hey man, he got only had like times. you counted. First of all, you weren't at every show, so yeah. he's basing it on like, well, the bartender said he had a bad show on Tuesday, and then the, the or did they mean in terms of ticket sales? Um, oh, I didn't even think about that. Could be that. You know, like, do you remember what the houses were like? Well, it was a 10,000-seater. Um, typical. Typical Todd Berry venue. I don't remember. I don't think that's what they meant, because I, I, I think, I don't know. Yeah. It's old news, so I've moved on. This is what, I've clearly moved on, even though, I, <laughs> even though I remember this story explicitly, I've moved on. <laughs> Where else are you, uh, are you going anywhere else? Uh... Well, not. Uh, this is mid December now. I think that was my last road weekend of the 2013. I'm doing Ferguson in January, and uh, then I think I'm doing DC next after that. DC is my favorite city, my favorite club. Yeah, it's a good club. I think it's. I mean, I get, and of course, it's mostly just because DC is great. And I always get bummed that I can't do the Draft House in Arlington because. I'm kind of loyal to DC Improv, but it's the same thing Atlanta. Like I'd love to do Laughing Skull, which is the kind of the hipster cool club down there. But Punchline has always been really good to me, and so. Do you think you can do it though? I, I feel like Arlington so. is almost like a completely different market, even I think, though it's close. I think years ago it was kind of made clear to me that that I, I think some people could do it. I think if you're the kind of guy who they knew that you were going to pack it out. 100%, then they probably wouldn't have a problem with it. But, like, if Patton Oswalt came through and wanted to do a draw, like a one nighter at the improv and then the next night do the Arlington Draft House, they'd be fine. But with what it. about if you spaced them apart, like, did, like, eight months apart? I don't mean, like, in the same tour. But you're, you're, are you trying to sabotage my relationship? I'm trying with the to. I'm going to call the DC improv and uh, tell her that you saw me talking to another Tell time. them that you were begging me to get you booked. <laughs> <laughs> at the other place. But uh, both places are good. Yeah. It's a, you know, they're all the people in D.C. It's like they're the perfect audience in my book because they're like smart. And you like hanging out cool. in D.C.? Yeah, I do. I went in and out of like, I went through a phase where I was like, I don't think I like D.C. that much. And then I kind of grew to like it. No, I, I am a fan. I, I You know, it's, 
the college kids, you know, there is sort of an entitled white drunk kid attitude that sometimes takes hold, at least right around where the improv is. A lot of those sort of fratty or post-fratty bars. Like, yeah. Uh, and they get a lot of drunk people out in the streets when you're walking on one Saturday and stuff like that. But DC in general, you know, there's it's all... I mean, I sort of do a bit about it at the beginning of my first CD because I recorded my first CD in D.C., but just about how it's a city of all the kids that did the can drive in your high school, you know? <laughs> and so there's, they're smart, but they're not cool. Right. You know, which I like. Yeah, it's, I, I kind of like, yeah. I kind of like smart, not cool people also. But I got to say, I like cool people also. I like cool people in uncool places. I like hipsters and terminally unhip towns like Omaha. Yeah. You know what I mean? Those are like my ideal. And all I realized a long time ago that most of my favorite people are Southerners who moved to New York city, you know, where they have that kind of baseline Southern bonhomie and, you know, attitude, but they didn't feel comfortable there. So they moved here. <laughs> yeah. You know? I like going to the South cause those people also show up to see mm. That is true. There's not a uh, kind of couldn't be bothered attitude when right. you get up here. They, uh, yeah, I like the South. But again, you're getting the refugees of the South that come to your shows primarily. Do you know what I mean? They're the the people who aren't the most of the culture isn't geared towards them. You are right, and so you're getting the creme de la creme. Of what that. I'm saying is, there's hipsters everywhere, <laughs> but there isn't the same entitlement everywhere. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? There isn't that, you know, I think in, when you go down to Atlanta or Athens or whatever, they appreciate being hip. It's like a novel thing, Mm -hmm. you know? Yeah. Atlanta's a cool city also. Where, is there any place you want to go that you haven't been? Yeah. A ton. I I haven't done, uh, never did, uh, good nights, which now I've never done that club either. It's owned by helium now. Oh, is it really? Yeah. Oh, but, um, that's like a legendary, that's one of those clubs that everyone said was great. And I just never. Well, actually, once I tried, and the guy re- rejected me. Oh, man. I'm so sorry to hear that talk. <laughs> but that's a good city, too, Raleigh. Yeah, I mean, but there's the thing is, that's kind of what I was saying before, it's, there's only so many weeks in the year, and I don't, I'm not a, I'm like a 20 to 25 week a year road comic, uh, if that. And so I, there's only so many places you can go, and so do you want to continue to do Philly and DC and build up those audiences or do you want to do one random weekend in, you know, Minnesota or whatever? Random weekends are fun. Also. I like my favorite. One of my favorite things is going to a city. I never would have thought of going to. Yeah. Getting booked in Toledo or something. Not necessarily for a week, but it is fun. Well, and they're going like, Oh, well there's a a spot in Toledo that will have you. Yeah. Let's do Toledo. Yeah. That is always fun when, yeah. When you've never been there for, you don't know what the, the, it does kind of get boring when I'm flying into Atlanta and I know exactly what my hotel is and exactly where the rental counter is and all that. You should change that hotel up. I know. Do you like hotels? I love hotels. Well, I mean, there's only, the thing is, the cities only have one Four Seasons apiece. And so, you know, I want to keep the standard at which I'm accustomed Comedy to Comedy clubs generally put you up at the Four Seasons. I Absolutely. Don't you, I don't know if you... Uh, they usually give you golf privileges. I'm just letting you know, the people at home wondering where we stay when we play comedy clubs, it's the Four Seasons. When you play Dr. Grins and... Uh, they go, we're going to pay him this amount of money, and we're going to match that with per night hotel room. <laughs> And sometimes you'll ask them, can I just stay at a Super 8 and take that money? And they won't let you. No, no, no. Todd. No, 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 no. We're not going to treat your back. Have you ever stayed at Four Seasons? Uh, I think, I mean, I've stayed at 
Four Seasons equivalent type places, yeah. you know, done corporate gigs and yeah. stuff like that, you know, where uh, you just stay in these insane three room suites. Right. The rooms are pretty nice, but sometimes they're not much nicer, but it's just that sort of like, uh, hello, Mr. Bear, how are you today? Like when you walk by the front desk. Exactly. You're, like, you're, you're they're trained to memorize every every <laughs> single guest. The, the, they're, they're trained to treat you like you are a big deal. And right. you get the enjoyment of being treated like a big shot. For and there's that vibe where, you know, you could call them up at four in the morning and go, yeah, I need some brown shoelaces. Ten minutes, Mr. Bear. <laughs> Those will be up in ten minutes. And then they're like sending a guy to the store or something. Yeah. The one one place I stayed in Atlanta, actually, for corporate, I had a private butler. Are you serious? Yeah. I mean, not like he didn't sit in my room, but he was on call. He was specifically my butler. Apparently. Oh, my God. And then you get a butler, and you're like, you've never had a butler. You're like, I, I don't even know what butlers do. I didn't call him once. Yeah. Well, yeah what I, do you I, know? You'd feel guilty, right? He buttled. <laughs> I would feel good. I'd be like, oh, well, did you, and you know, you got to, you know, no. you have him carry a bag for you. Yeah. And could, you have to could give you, him $50. Could you please, you know, move this bag from this chair to that chair? Have you written a bit about that? How it's good that you had a private one because you hate sharing a butler. <laughs> I feel like that's a bit for somebody. It sounds it like it is a, now. No, it's okay. been now. It's been leaked on the Todd Berry podcast. That would be like a Natasha Legero bit. Yeah, that would be good for I her. Can see that. That would be good. Um, I I often thought that I would be a great like you're talking about comedy coaches. I feel like maybe that's. But see, that is such an, a pejorative sort of vibe to it. Well, being a, a comedy, to teach a comedy class. No, yeah. no, yes. But I'm saying I've always felt like I've been pretty good at like telling other people, like, you should do this. It's just when it comes to me that I've This brings up a great question. Now, do you have people come up to you and suggest tags for your oh, job? Oh, yes. On all How do you handle the funniest people? Well, you know what? Usually it's not, you know, I shouldn't say they don't necessarily suggest tags. They suggest other entire bits about, oh, really? They, you know, are things, observations they have made. And I'm talking about civilians, of course. I'm not talking about just brash open, uh, brash MCs who, <laughs> that's, that does kind of get under my skin when you have like the MCs. Like, oh, that bit you do, you should change this. And it's like, I would love to hear what you have to say. But maybe approach it from a place of deference, you know. I do. Yeah. No matter who I'm talking to. Like, do you have any interest in having... Yeah, sometimes you know? I'll watch someone and something will just be like, oh, man, I can, I can make that a little better. Yeah. And you kind of don't want to be like, hey, I got something for you. But you kind of want to be like... If you want to hear this, yes. I have a thought. I always say I have a thought about your... Yeah, idea. thought is right. Because there, there is something, I think, in most comics' brains where... You you want to see the bit be what it should be. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. It's like there's a great joke there, and it's a joke that someone, even if it's not mine, that's a great joke, and like I want to make that. You just want good jokes to exist. Yeah, I notice things like that when I when I do like a multi night place where you watch the guy like four times, and then you're like, why does he always? Yeah, he throws in that one line. It like it's never worked. Yeah, and he's just rehearsed it a certain way. Cut, yeah, right. Yeah. Like, you can just cut that line out. Yeah, or if you just slowed down and said those words, you know. Do you bring your own uh, opening acts? I don't. I that's right, there's you, a lot you should of try to do that. I should just. There's always people out there. There's to a be couple. Happy to there's get. a couple things with it. With it, one, I'm just very disorganized uh -huh. and trying to. Get that all together and make sure that so and so. Two, I'm not at the status yet where people would automatically, or maybe never will be, at the status where people would automatically take what I have to say 
you know, really? Like, if you've nah. been to a club a few times, you can't just go, hey, he's going to bring his own. Like, why would that hurt? I don't understand you why know it hurts them. Like, sometimes I think they just want to be like, we pick the openers. Yes, I think that is well, part of it. Well, I also think that sometimes they reward their good local comics with feature weekends, and so that's their way of keeping their own yeah. community happy. I guess these days, it's, though, it is pretty easy to go, can you at least... Can you send me a couple of links? Yeah. Maybe I'll that's, choose. That's in my contract. Nobody ever follows it. And oh, I'm really? too much of a pussy to hold them to it. To but, approve? Uh, yeah. Yeah, that's that's a thing where I like I hate when I show up to club, and this hadn't happened in a long time. But like, yeah, there's uh, there's some guys doing a guest spot. Like, oh, so you're adding someone to my show? <laughs> like, that's comedy is the only thing where, like, it's the stage is just always open to anyone. And you get so many people who... I would not say that booking a club is an art, but it's definitely a talent, you know, and knowing what kind of show is going to work together. And there's no, a lot of times you get these bookers who want to sort of counter book you that if you are something like this, then we better book a feature who's something like that so that everybody gets something they sort of like, which right. means nobody loves the show. You're kind of clean. Miserable. So we got a guy who's disgustingly filthy. Yeah. Yeah. Or you're very white. So we got to have a very Def Jam sort of feature or whatever. And to me, there's no, whatever people do on stage, it's their show, but you can't put ice cream and then french fries. Mm-hmm. You know, there's an order that certain things have to go. And if you have somebody up there who is, you know, either really filthy or like a party act who's got like sound cues and sort of a lot of audience participation, things like that, and then you go up and then they bring, or they bring up a comedian who's like, you know, doing narrative stories and sort of, or, you know, wordplay and stuff like that. It doesn't work. It just doesn't work. Everyone will go home unhappy. Yeah. I've never actually, I know I used the dirty example early. Like some, a lot of times I've done shows like, we'll get you a clean opener. It's like, I don't yeah. care if he's clean or she's clean. It's just like, it's just the tone. Like it just, I'd, I'd rather have a, a good dirty act than someone who's like, a feel-goody oh, yeah. cheerleader comic. And we had kids. Kids are great, you know, or whatever. I mean, yeah, or just forgettable. This is where it becomes subjective, and people either get it or they don't. And that's why when you go to the clubs where the booker gets it, it those are the good clubs, generally yeah. speaking. Because if they get that, there's probably a hundred other things they get, too. And if they yeah, don't... I've done shows where you they put an opener on, you're like, so did you, you just throw anyone? You just think any comic... Yeah, you, like you did. Put, you've never, you've never no. seen what I do. If you think this person should go out and perform me, yeah, I, I think that describes over half of the clubs. But having said that, it's, it is always exciting when you follow someone who you think is, has wrecked the room. Oh, it's always a nice challenge, and you're you like, can overcome it. Oh, wow, yeah, the, the guy with the. But sometimes it's like I don't want to yeah. have to spend the first 10 minutes of my set turning the boat around. Mm-hmm. It would be nice to already be going in the direction I want to go. That's a good way to put it. But having said that, I mean, I guess the lesson learned, <laughs> I was really condescending. No, is uh, I'll cut that part out where I said I'm gonna, I was condescending. No, I'm going to leave it in because it was funny because I called myself on it. Um, <laughs> but the lesson you, I just taught you, that's much less condescending, is that uh, you should try to bring your own, uh, try to bring your own, open. especially like Philly. You know, it's like, it just gets, I mean, I will a lot of times, if I remember, yeah. say, hey, I know a comic in that city. Can you book him again? He was great or something like that. You know, where if something works, I will try to keep that in mind. Like the dudes who I worked with in Philly this past weekend were, were ideal. They were great. And so, um, but yeah, but then also I don't like traveling with people. 
Yeah. And so I don't... I know certain people, like, really like the idea of being with another comic and getting to the airport and doing all that. I don't like any of that. I don't want to... I like getting a nice ride somewhere. Like, if I'm touring, like, doing one night, one night, and they find, like, a decent comic who also has a decent car. Yeah. I don't know. Sometimes I like those road trips by myself. Yeah. My dad, when I was a kid, drove a thousand miles a week, and I think that there's something... Did he really? Yeah. For his business, but it was also, I think he just kind of liked the... So what would be a thousand miles from New York? Like Atlanta's about a thousand miles, right? Or maybe probably, yeah. Wow. I think. I mean, round you know, whole yeah, for the whole week. Yeah. But uh, was but he yeah. a salesman or something? Sort of. He like was a town assessor, and so he would have to drive to like New York State to like uh, work in these towns, like projects and stuff like that. Very exciting stuff. Uh, <laughs> the world of tax assessing. But yeah, I, but the bottom, I, I'm saying sometimes I actually like, oh, I have a five hour drive, you know, the clear your head kind of listen thing. to podcasts, listen to music, just, you know. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, it's been a while since I've been stuck with a comic, like in a car who's, or in a condo, which I, I've had that happen Ugh. where you're yeah. just like, they're just talking and talking and just like, man, let me put my bags down. Oh, I, yeah. And I, <laughs> I've learned about myself over the years is that I have a, uh, the 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 cup gets dry energy wise for me at a certain point you know that I have a certain amount of energy that I can expend being social and then I just want to be by myself right and so if I can't get that I become an asshole yeah. <laughs> right or they think you're an asshole because you just want to be left alone yeah and I'm just on edge and just in phony not listening to you mode do you let people buy you shots after the show. <laughs> No, I, first of all, shots period. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I recently realized I have never done a shot and thought that was a good decision. You thought, wow, I could see why people do shots because that lasted an eighth of a second. <laughs> I, I mean, I understand there've been plenty of times where I've done shots and it hasn't ruined my night, yeah. but it's never been a, in the, in the, in the black. It's always, I've never understood the, the shot and the beer thing. That always, I mean, it looks cool. But it's, it seems like an East... I'm sure it's a, it seems like a dive bar thing. Yeah, I think you're right. A PBR and a shot of whatever, whiskey. I think it's... Yeah, it's, I want to get drunk quicker, but I have no taste in beer. So I want to shit beer. I don't know. But yeah, the buying the drinks thing is... Uh, I mean, I don't get that very often, but it's... I always it, just tell people I get them for free. Yeah, that's the good, that's true. And yeah. it's it's not a lie, and it's also convenient out because of... Because what they're really doing is they're saying, I now own you for 15 to 20 yeah. minutes. <laughs> yeah, and it's not going to be a good 15 or 20 minutes. No, no. I got stuck. Uh, I did um, a weekend at Foxwoods and uh, oh, the casino. That. Yeah. And then I play blackjack sometimes, so I sat down, I was playing blackjack, and there was a guy who was at the show he and his wife were oh my god you were the comedian at the, the show and we launched into over an hour of extremely ridiculous racist just ranting well, I feel like you told me about I might, I may have I may have he kept talking about like oh uh we called it like instead of welfare he called it like Obama fair or something and you know and talking about how you know just all the kind of things you would imagine from a racist trying to be funny right um, it, but I was winning and so I felt compelled to stay there right what are you gonna <laughs> it's like hey I'll be a racist as long as I keep, keep feeling these cards but that's what makes me feel bad is because I find myself my you know my basic need to not be a to, for everybody to get along, my sort of let's keep everybody happy mentality means I'm just 
nodding and smiling as you say these incredibly awful things. And if anybody were over here, us, there's like, oh, look at those two racists. Right. A great conversation. Like, yeah. Why isn't he saying something? Because <laughs> he's a racist too. Mm-hmm. So, did you do you win at blackjack? Blackjack's kind of fun. I play it once in a while. You know, I, I had quit, or just not quit. Not like anything bad happened, but I had lost a few times in a row. I was like, you know what? I'm bored with this. I don't like having to banter with the people at the table, which is like, well, why are you here then? But I was in Vegas a couple months ago, and I won fifteen hundred dollars. Did you really yeah. playing blackjack? Yeah. Over the course of like three days, because I play very low stakes. Like, and then you walk more. away. I did. So, yeah. I mean, but every time it was like for three days straight, like every time I'd sit down for a couple hours, I would walk up away with two or 300 bucks and just, it was amazing. Wow. How much do you have to, isn't there a certain point where you have to actually fill out a a W9 or it's it's like $10,000 or something like that. I I don't know what it is, but nowhere, anywhere where I would get. Yeah. When I, when I play blackjack, I, I discovered that you can just go up there and just go, I don't know what I'm doing. And They'll no, basically and walk you through just, it. Yeah, everyone yeah, helps yeah. you out. Because <laughs> I know I've, I've done that thing where you bet the card that somehow screws it up for everyone, even though oh, it that's, does. that's the thing that I hate about it. It's like, about, come on, man. It's gambling. Yeah. It's, you're just, whatever you do is just as likely to help me as it is hurt me. Nobody ever remembers when your quote unquote screw up actually works their advantage. They only yeah. remember when it ruins everything. People have this idea that you can play blackjack. There are basically rules. That And some of them are hard to swallow, like things where you're supposed to double down on a certain number and you don't want to because you've been losing money, and but you have to because that's what you're supposed to do. But beyond that, it's just numbers. It's just risk. You know, it's just... Unless you're counting cards. Right. Which, let's just say, I don't do that. <laughs> let's just say I'm not one of the foremost card counters making three to four million dollars a year. Um... Yeah, I, it's fun though, but it is a thing where you're like, if you lose like a hundred dollars in three minutes, then you're just like, oh, this now I'm just kind of a silly asshole. Yeah, oh no, it's <laughs> there's no defending it in my mind. Like, it, it, I definitely think you shouldn't do it. And if I lived in a town where there was a casino, then I probably would not gamble at all because it, it's two or three times a year that I even have the option available to me. And the casinos are kind of. Not the funnest. I don't. I find the oh whole my God. tone depressing. They're, that's why. Again, especially it, Atlantic City. Oh my God! If there's a theme, it's that I like to be by myself. But I don't like <laughs> to go to a casino with people either. To me, it's like if I'm going there, it's literally to sit quietly at a blackjack table and play blackjack. I don't want to walk through the dumb mall, and I don't want to see a show really or anything like that. I've never seen a show in Vegas. I'm like every time I've been there, I've had to work. And I've never, like, I'd love well, to Well, I don't see mind it. going to see a show in a show venue. But yeah. if I'm in a casino, oh, yeah. I don't want to, you know, there's nothing in the casino for me but gambling. Um, I did, when I was in Vegas, I uh, went to see Purple Rain, the Ultimate Prince tribute. Oh, I bet that was good, right? Dude, it, was, it was excellent, actually. I mean, I those songs, if you see, like, monster musicians playing Prince songs, it's pretty much the greatest I wonder if ever. they were the ones when uh, on Letter- Letterman mm-hmm. had a... Was it them? Because I watched them. I was like, man, they, yeah. they, had, they were tight. Yeah, it was the band. And then they had a, uh, a Morris Day and Jerome. They came in. They had like a little... Uh, they did a few time songs as well. I wonder if it's fun being in a Prince tribute band. Where night after night, it's like, well, we know what we're playing tonight. No, like, hey, well, let's mix up the set list and let's do a couple <laughs> of new ones. Well, you know what, though? I think that they were doing some new ones because they did a couple deep cuts. I mean, I'm a Prince fan, so it was enjoyable for me. But there was a moment where it's like, are you guys, why are you playing, you know, 
uh, what was one of the like late period Prince songs that they were playing? Um, Cream. It wasn't Cream. It was the one that's like a. It's like a blue. It's basically a blues riff. I don't remember. It was it was a dumb one of the on you know maybe uh, not the symbol album but maybe Emancipation the uh-huh. Emancipation triple album and I just thought to myself this is for no one but maybe me <laughs> you know that's everybody right. else is there because they want to hear let's go crazy yeah I think if you're doing a tribute band in a casino it's uh, <laughs> it's hits time <laughs> play the hits <laughs> and the thing is with Prince there are enough legitimate right. hits that you don't need to it's go that already deep. not you're already not you're being another band so you might as well play their hits and you could be relatively obscure in play I Would Die For You or something. Something that people still yeah. know but might not be in the top ten Prince songs. Have you ever seen Prince live? Never have. He's, he's on my list of people I'd love to see but I've never seen. I know. I hear it's amazing. But yeah, he, he's... Yeah. But I might actually enjoy seeing a Prince tribute band more than Prince in the sense that I know I'm going to hear Purple right, Rain. Right. He's, <laughs> it's not going to be like, I'm not playing now, one of them. Purple Rain right, is playing Prince, Purple Rain. We got it. You're a weird guy. We got it. I, I love cover bands, actually. I do, too. I mean, as long as you kind of go into them with a realistic expectation of what it is. You know? Yeah, but there is that part of me. It's like, it is kind of fun to hear songs you already know. Yep. <laughs> you know, we... Um, my wife and I, years ago, we dragged everybody out to Queens because the bar around our corner was uh, band Fair Warning. The Van Halen tribute was playing. And like seven people came out. And then I guess the drummer got in a fight or something. And so they never ended up going on. And the guy like broke his arm or something. And But then months later, they came back. And so we dragged people out again. And, you know, to hear Unchained or Jump or, you know, Panama in a... 55 person seated bar yeah that's pretty awesome yeah I did a show in uh, Nashville where a band opened for me it was a television wow (laughs) they played I think Marquee Moon hilarious I know that's I just threw down the hipster gauntlet that is right there I don't even know if I use that term correctly but um, let's talk about your podcast why not we do you want to? Sure. I, I, it's a the music world's podcast, worst promoter right? in the world. Yeah, yeah. No, it, it's exactly it's what called it is. Audio it's called Audio Spackle, right? Audio Spackle. Yeah. Yeah, I looked that up. Thanks. I buddy. mean, I knew that. <laughs> I knew that from from writing you fan letters. Do you, um, how often do you do it? Um, I put them out every couple weeks. I mean, sometimes things will happen where I'll have to take a few more days or whatever. But one thing I've kind of realized is that I don't have a listenership that's so avid or huge that I have to be be like Tuesday at two o'clock. That's, you know, yeah, it's, but I try to release them every other like Wednesday is, uh, but I might be taking a little bit of a break over the holidays just cause, uh, I've got to find a way to make it a little bit less work intensive. I do a lot of, it ends up being a lot of work. Oh really? And I, the way I do it, I don't know how to, I don't know how to wing things. I tend to over prepare. And so, uh, I'm trying to find a way in next year to make it a little bit more, uh, that I can just kind of do it and not have to spend three hours. Have a little more fun with it. That's, that's the idea. See, I feel bad like uh, that. I move this computer that I'm recording this on from my desk, 10 feet away over here and have to plug it in in a different outlet. It's a lot of work. I'm like, wow, I don't know if I can keep doing this. Would you edit it down? I, I've edited a couple of episodes, but like, I'm feeling this one's not going to be edited. So much gold. Unless something happens. <laughs> Unless we get an argument or something. <laughs> which has never happened. That would be funny, though, to be yeah. in an argument with someone on your own podcast it's that's recorded in your house. 
but yeah, and, and to then try to decide whether you should edit it. I mean, that would be the thing of like, oh my god, this is a great just podcast. release only the arg- the argument, just your side of the argument. Really, yeah, cut out every just other. Make point. it look like, but also, how's who are you gonna have on in your opponent? It's not going to happen. <laughs> I'm not an arguer. That would be great. That actually would be a great idea for a podcast if people didn't kind of get wise to it. It's like you interview every you interview with someone, and then you re- provoke them. You then you edit it afterwards just to make them look like the biggest piece of shit. Like you just cut out every like. <laughs> a little prank show. You're talking about a little prank show. Kind of a little audio uh, prank show. Prank, this is a prank cast you're talking about. Um. Where uh, so on your podcast you do, is it just a general discussion of music or is it a- no? Um, this is why basically the way I've been doing it is every episode has a theme uh, like songs you want played at your funeral or best end of the prom song or you know songs to uh, listen when you're driving at night and then I pick three songs my guest picks three songs and we play snippets of them and we argue about them that's the bulk of the podcast oh that's cool yeah. I just, for me, I don't so believe in the power of my charisma that just my personality is going to make an hour of listening. Have you had musicians on there? Only, I mean, I, uh, Mike Doty was my first guest. Uh-huh. And uh, I've had other sort of comedy musicians, like Mark Douglas, who does the Key of Awesome, uh, like a very big web series, and uh, Rob Paravonian, who's a friend of yeah, mine. Yeah, I know Rob, and, yeah. uh, so that, and a lot of people like Craig Baldo, who was in a band, like I've asked you to do it. You know, I'll do like, it. That's that's the hard thing. Is right now I'm recording them out in Long Island City at like the Creek that's in the not Cave. Too far. So no, it's really not. But sometimes people don't want to make the trip. And I mean, so. the car service I'll make you hire for me won't cost you that. <laughs> <laughs> so a limo back and forth probably won't cost you that much money. Like Fifty bucks. Do you go to see a lot of live music? I'm trying to make myself do it again because I, before I did comedy, I would go all the time. And then even the first few years of doing comedy, I, I did a lot. But you know how it is when you don't have sets, like is standing in a performance venue really what you want to do? But yeah, every time I do... The thing is really... I, I'm okay with the stand... Well... It depends. If it's like packed and I'm getting slammed around, yeah, like not that I'm in the pit or anything. But I've been going by myself. Oh, I've, I've gone which, to concerts by myself. Uh, it's kind of like I guess learning how to eat by yourself and being okay with it. Oh, I do that. All I do all the time, but I've I don't know. A lot of people have issues with that. That would be bad to be a comic who couldn't eat alone. Like, what are you gonna be like? Oh my God, you're screwed. I gotta, <laughs> I'm in Columbus, Ohio for six nights. I gotta make a lot of friends. <laughs> put a Craigslist ad. That is the kind of person that becomes a alcoholic and or drug addict. Yeah. Who did you? Who, do you remember a show you've seen alone? I'm trying to think of one. Yeah, else. I went to see this band, uh, School of Seven Bells, last year. Uh, they're great. Um, I went to, well, I didn't go by myself to this, but I went to see this one with Anna Calvi a couple weeks ago, who's really great singer, guitar player. Uh, but I brought a friend of mine to that. I went, um, my, Mark Douglas, the guy from Cave Awesome, he and I went to City Winery to see Matthew Sweet play. Oh, I did a podcast with him. Oh, really? Yeah. He's like my, one of my heroes. Oh, really? Yeah, yeah. I've always kind of thought if I could have like the comedy equivalent of Michael Sweet's career, where it's like just enough, like people who like you, like you. And you kind of know that you're going to be able to tour indefinitely, mm-hmm. but you know, have it just be kind of that. But you can still walk around. Yeah, exactly. And you know, we're also it's like what he does is very poppy, and yet it's not pop. 
that's kind of what I like in music and in comedy. People who are sort of accessible but knobby at the same time. Another compliment you're giving me. Wow, that's great. I, did I include you in that? <laughs> it's funny. I, no, uh, no I, would, I would say that. I would absolutely say that. City Winery. Prince just played City Winery. I know that. Like, you really recently. do feel so old and like kind of yeah, limp-wristed liberal sitting there. <laughs> I mean, it's very... It's sort of... That place is nice, but it is sort of... There's the comedy club every people are eating kind of thing going. Yeah. Yeah, it is. Which is good if you like to eat, and I like to eat. But yeah, it's got to suck when you played rock and roll shows where sweaty teens are jumping around and then looked a bunch of people fat bombs. Yeah, you see a guy eating a T-bone. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) I I mean, I had that the other night. I was on stage somewhere, and it's just like, wow, is it just... It still bothers me, people eating. It's like... Yeah. I don't know how you do it. That's why I just don't understand it. Like, I don't understand how that doesn't ruin both experiences for you. You're not enjoying your food and you're not enjoying the show. I think maybe they are enjoying the show, but when you're looking down at someone shoving, you know, a burger in their face. No. Or, you know, cutting a piece of chicken or something. I don't think it is possible if you are watching a comedy show and someone places a big juicy burger in front of your face. No, no, there's no competition. Yeah, there's no There's no comedian on stage anymore. At that yeah, point. or yeah, if there is, it's going to be mitigated. And I actually think your enjoyment of your food is going to be mitigated too, you know? Yeah, I... It's That's why it's nice when I play like venues that or it's just about the show. Yeah. I mean, like there's no waitresses milling through and... And then, you know, checks. But then when those venues do happen, and then they inevitably go under because there's a reason why that two-item model But if you play exists. music venues, which I do occasionally, yeah, they I don't mean, have that model. No, but you've managed to tap into that world more than a lot of comics, you know. Um, and I would say it's still, I don't think it's as lucrative, or is it? I mean, is it is it hard to put you... Uh, once we shut the, the mic down, <laughs> I will tell you um, that it, it can be way more lucrative. It can be. I think. I think it can be if you have a uh, a devoted fan base. Yeah. I think if you have a if you go to a city and people are automatically aware that you're there, then whatever venue can make you the most money is the venue you want to play. If you are the kind of comic who you know people are going to enjoy you. But they're not automatically gonna. Nobody's gonna raise a flag to the top of a flagpole when you arrive in their city. Then doing those rock clubs can be a real uh, deflating experience. Yeah, I mean, it, it's not like the rock clubs have like. For the most part, they don't have the like some of these comedy clubs have. There's like there's eight people who email all day. Exactly. You know, they promote. They but promotions. you also get that's that's such a mixed bag because you get people, you get new fans that way, mm-hmm. but then you also get new awful people that way. Yeah. It's just yeah. like fill these seats. But that's why when you find those special clubs or special rock clubs, which have kind of one foot in each world, you know, when yeah. you find the rock club that actually does promote and have a sort of a, a venue following. The Bell House in Brooklyn is great. Yeah, a place like that or the, I mean, that's why I was going to say the Lakeshore in Chicago, you know, but then when it when that failed, it was just kind of like, oh, I guess it can't be done the way I want things. Right. Like, I actually worry about that with not to get all weird and transition to politics with de Blasio Uh I just got elected mayor probably more than any other politician that's ever won he believes what I believe like every time he says something I was like yeah I I agree with that and I'm kind of scared (laughs) that my beliefs put into practice will end up 
not working. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Like, I'm afraid that, like, I'm going to turn, like, oh, it turns out I was totally dumb People this whole time. People are like, hey, Christian, didn't you agree with that thing? <laughs> Why did you fuck up our city like that? Exactly. Exactly. And you're like, hey, I'm just a comedian. Yeah. Um, is there anything you want to plug before we hit the road here? Well, of course I would like to plug the podcast. And I think that if you are a, a music fan, I would say it's not necessarily a hipster thing. You know, it's sometimes it's, it's just if you like music and it's... It's not about liking the scene of music, but actually like talking about songs. If, it, if a five-minute conversation about Iron Maiden followed by a five-minute conversation about Prince followed by a five-minute conversation about uh, Dexy's Midnight Runners sounds appealing to you, then I would say... That does sound appealing to me. Thank you. So it's called Audio Spackle. <laughs> Audio Spackle. How long, how, what's the running time on these episodes? Never more than an hour. Really? That's what I'm pushing right yeah. here. That's, that's my new... Uh, my new, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Metric. Metric. I, you know, I never heard the term, the word metric used the way it's, I hear it like on MSNBC until I started watching yeah. MSNBC. And I, I, maybe that's why I use it is I want to try It's my new metric. <laughs> standard. It's my standard. new paradigm. My new truism. Uh, is that even a word? Truism? Yeah, I think it is. I uh, have ChristianFinnegan.com. Yeah, sure. That's got your tour dates on it. When I do it, yep. Audio Spackle. <laughs> Audio Spackle on iTunes. Is yeah, that, is that iTunes, uh, Cave Comedy Radio or iTunes and Twitter. I'm at Christ Finnegan. Christ Finnegan, verified account. As not, I did not choose to be verified, by the why, way. Why wouldn't you choose? It just happened? Yeah, I was working on uh, Are We There Yet, this show on TBS, oh, yeah. and they went through and verified all of our accounts, and it, honestly, it embarrassed me when they did Really? Because it, to me, it implies that I am someone who needs to be verified, because people might be trying to impersonate. No yeah. one's impersonating like, me. People don't even interpret People interpret it as, like, they don't, I mean, that is the true meaning of it, is that it's verified, but um, some people think it means... Like a star, your star. Well, to me, to have we that, are stars. To have that star next to you, while not having that many followers, is just awkward. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm but sure you can, you can just violate their terms of service and get it <laughs> get it uh, taken away from you. All right, Christian. Thanks for being here. Thank you, Todd. I'll be on your podcast. All righty, that was Christian Finnegan. Hope you liked that. There were just some church bells. Oh, that would have been great if I could have gotten them into this outro that I'm recording. Church bells. Mm. Maybe we can add them later. But I will be on tour. I don't know why I said but. There's nothing to do with church bells. Doing some dates. The Riot Fest in Los Angeles. January 10th through 12th. Sacramento, the comedy spot. <clears throat> Sorry about that. Comedy spot, January 17th and 18th. I'll be at uh, Foxwoods in February, late February. I'll be at the Gildas Club Festival in Grand Rapids in March. ToddBerry.com, at ToddBerry. FeralAudio.com. Thanks a lot. Feral Audio, by the way, the people who put on this podcast. Okay, they're good. They put on a lot of podcasts. See you next time. This is firefighter Raphael Poirier for Firehouse Subs. Introducing the new spicy Cajun chicken sub. Cajun seasoned grilled chicken breast, zesty cherry peppers, and house-made Cajun mayo. Just $5.55 for a medium. Remember, a portion of every sub you buy helps provide life-saving equipment for first responders. Firehouse Subs. Enjoy more subs. Save more lives. 
Limited time only, plus tax. Participating locations. Firehouse subs would donate a minimum of $1 million in 2019 to the Firehouse Subs Public Safety Foundation by donating 0.11% of every purchase.